Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin-Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week, I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Doo Diva Smells Like Money podcast. Today, we are visiting with Nick Spano, the president of Essential Equipment that is a specialist in storm and sewer inspection and cleaning equipment. So welcome to the show, Nick. Hi, thank you, Susan, for having me. Well, it's interesting because you shared with me that you have kind of a neat background in that you started in this industry as a contractor. And so tell me a little bit about that and what made you decide, and also the fact that you also shared with me that you were a pandemic company. There's there's someone that's not afraid to take a risk. Um, What made you decide to take the shift from being a contractor and go into being an equipment sales specialist? Well, I started in the sewer world uh, when I graduated from college uh, in 2010. Okay. So didn't really plan uh, necessarily. This wasn't like, like so many people, this wasn't uh, the exact (laughs) plan. Um, But I found a job, a bachelor's degree in my back pocket uh, on a smoke testing crew. Uh, working for a contractor in uh, central South Louisiana and sort of just kind of ran with that. Um, Did smoke testing, manhole inspection, CCTV cleaning. Uh, I I worked for that company for over 10 years, Uh, worked my way through project management, Uh, worked on some some really awesome, fun projects all over the U.S., New York, Nashville, Hawaii, like really did a lot of traveling and, and ran a lot of projects and had a great time doing it. Um, but then eventually, well, and then actually ended up creating a training program and doing hiring for that company and sort of, you know, I think saw a lot of different roles and responsibilities. Um, pandemic hit, um, you know, and I guess just seemed like it was a good time for a change. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, it has been great, um, but it's been, it's a, kind of a whole new thing, um, essential equipment, which the name sort of pandemic related, um, you know, there was all the talk suddenly um, as if right. we weren't all always there of uh, essential workers, right? Um, and that was such a, kind of a buzzword, right? Right. Um, we were essential uh, so, industry, essential workers, right? Right. So I just kind of ran with that. I was like, well, if, if we're essential workers, the essential workers are using the equipment, then surely it's essential equipment. Right. Um, so kind of just ran with that. And it's been a really, uh, really busy two years. 
Wow. That's so cool. So, you know, you've probably seen a lot of changes in the industry and in equipment. What do, what do you see has been or what have been some of the most important breakthroughs in equipment for, you know, CCTV? Inspe there's been so many things for inspection. And, but, you know, there's been some advancements in cleaning techniques as well. Um, I think a lot of a lot of the advancements have been kind of driven by non-industry tech, if that makes sense. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, when I first started TVing, uh, all the TV trucks still had VHS recorders and DVD okay. recorders in them. Okay. Um, so as we've had um, the evolution of cellular networks, for example, these days, I mean, we went from delivering a box of DVDs right right to now delivering a a link to a server somewhere where the cloud right right everything's on the cloud um maybe if you're still in the stone age these days you're delivering a hard drive right or a, a flash drive mm -hmm. of videos and I say that jokingly I mean obviously like right. that's a fine medium to to transfer the files but but it's come such a long way when you think of that and I would hear stories of when I first started the stories were, oh, I remember when we used to have to have a cargo van full of VHS tapes. Uh, so that wasn't that long ago um, in, in the grand scheme of things. So it seems like things have come a really long way really quickly. Right. Um, what, what do you see coming down the pike? Um, I think we're going to see really, I don't... Know if there's anything i mean besides ai um, everybody that's kind of talked about so much lately right everybody's talking about it right um i think you're going to continue continue to see the proliferation of gis into smaller communities okay okay because i think i think that there's there's a really long trickle down in our industry um all your big cities of course have gis have everything in the cloud have online work management systems on tablets or iPads or whatever in the field. Um, but I think like overall, like that is going to keep trickling down to, to like middle America and smaller cities, you know, as, as people retire, right. We know that's coming. Um, there's going to be less workers. And I think smaller cities are going to have to continue to rely on or start um, than manpower. Right. Well, we're, we're talking a lot about our, you know, the buzz is about like smart city initiatives, you know, smart city networks and cloud and data and using that data to make decisions. So do you see that, you know, utilities are using it for metering and capturing and for billing and a lot of things like that. Do you see CCTV becoming part of that mix or, or, you know, cleaning and work orders. I mean, asset management's been around for quite a while, but, you know, do you see that becoming a bolt-on? Um, I think, I think to some degree, I think it's going to be utilized more, not for, I mean, we have CCTV equipment, sort of what we were talking about a second ago, has become smarter. Right. In terms of great features that make the job easier. Um, <clears throat> but I think we're going to have to focus on efficiency and sort of utilizing a whole suite of tools, CCTV is not going to go away. Um, cleaning is not going to go away. But I think we're going to add in supplemental technologies more so. I think they're already out there, but I think they're just going to keep 
like I said, trickling down through, uh, through communities of all sizes. I think people, we're going to have to use SL rat as a triage to focus on the cleaning and TV. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see a huge shift in which technologies we're using. I think we're going to see a shift in how we're using them. Ah, okay. Cause you, you mentioned about, you know, efficiency because of fewer workers, we're going to have to work smarter instead of harder. Right. And so that brings me to, you know, there's always, you know, technology that comes out and I'm, I'm one of those people I've been teased by my family that I'm a total geek. I'm the first one to get the new greatest, latest and greatest device. Cause I just, I, I just think it's cool. You know, early, early adopter. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes buying a piece of equipment based on it's got all those great bells and whistles. Yeah. But is that something that you really need for the projects that you're going to be working on? And do you need to be spending that kind of money where something else that doesn't have all that is still going to get you from point A to point B in an efficient manner? So what would you advise folks, you know, looking for new equipment, how can they get easily to that short list for buying as far as those essential features and what's just kind of right now, oh, that's really cool, but in the scheme of things, it may just be a good sales feature and it's really fluff. Yeah, I, yes. So, and I don't really like, not that there's, I mean, I just don't think of myself as a salesperson. I, okay. I've never, I'm not, I haven't ever been, I mean, that's not been my background. Um, I like to, I guess we all like to think <laughs> highly of ourselves, but I like to more think about myself as more of a like solutions provider because there okay. is such a wide range or a consult. I mean, you could say consultant that's so generic though, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's because it is really about like, what is an individual contractor or municipalities? What is their need? It's not necessarily about what I have to sell. Um, it's about what they need. Um, and, and I think that's the key really for long-term relationships with customers. Um, I don't know that it is, is really does anybody any, I hear stories all the time. We're out there talking to people. Oh, so-and-so sold me this truck. It was this much money and your jaw just drops. Because uh, every now and then, you know, I guess there's a situation where people can really, uh, you know, build out a top of the line, all the bells and whistles type. Uh, type well, they know they have the budget to spend. And so let's try yeah. using up all that budget, but it may not be in the best interest. Yeah. I mean, we need to think about service. We need to think about repairs. We need to think about cost of ownership. Um, and then we need to think about, um, which features sort of like you said, which features are going to add true value versus which features are just going to get turned off or ignored or not used by the operator. And I think you see that in a lot of, especially cleaning equipment. I, I think, uh, you know, a, a combination truck, I think that's one of the places that when we hear from customers, they are not interested in a lot of crazy sensors and newfangled type technology. At the end of the day, this thing needs to pump water and needs to move air. Um, and a lot of the operators are, or yeah, one thing I like about the products that we sell uh, is that they can be made simply. Uh, they can be easy to operate. And not a big thing with that is, you know, how tight is it, 
tied in is this to the, the chassis computer? And we're seeing, a, you know, I think there's, there's definitely, it's either, it either is or it isn't. And I think we're seeing um, a push away from that type of technology, like tying into the, the CAM bus on the chassis. Um, Cause it really doesn't have anything to do with cleaning pipe. It, it may provide additional sensors, additional data on some type of screen, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really provide a better product to clean pipe. Okay. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. So are you, you're paying for that? Like you're paying for that tech or those features, like you said, and is that really going to make you clean more pipe? I don't know. That's, that's certainly up to the customer. Um, and the same with camera systems. Um, you know, what, what features are the most functional for you? Do you need HD video? Do you need 4k video? Um, maybe so, maybe not. It just depends on the application. Um, <clears throat> I think for like manhole inspection cameras, I think the higher resolution is, is, is fantastic. I mean, there's been a big shift to the inspection rehabilitation of manholes, right? I mean, we're just kind of, I'm kind of rambling, but we're kind of going through all the parts and pieces of our collection systems, right? Right. We've been on mainline forever. Yes. And the, and the lowly manhole, the manhole has been ignored for a long, long time. Yeah. And sadly, I mean, they're finally starting to realize that it can be a huge source of I and I and a lot of problems, um, as well as the laterals, you know, big, big, big contributor. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, having the right tools, which leads me to, you know, let's say you've decided on a piece of equipment and you really like it. You like all those features. What from a due diligence standpoint, whether they bought from you or, or somewhere else, because I take it you're a re regional person, that what questions as an owner should they be asking themselves that you see that people don't often ask, but they really should be. And I think we talked about this before you came on the show about what's going to be the cost for those consumable parts that are going to wear out that I'm going to need to replace so often what you know when you were talking earlier about the true cost of ownership over the life of that equipment that's right and that's that's the definitely the most important part of it um and that's going to vary again with the user we have customers that we don't hear from in terms of needing repairs we may hear from them every six months um because they just simply don't use the equipment every day like some of your smaller munis, like they have the camera truck, but it's not something that's out there every day. Okay. You know, so maybe it's less important to them. Um, and then you have customers that are running four camera trucks every day um, that, you know, under some kind of program or, you know, some kind of regulatory consent uh, decree. Yeah. Consent decree, you know. So it's much more important to them. You have to know about service. You have to ask about service. Where's the equipment going to be serviced? Um, is it going to be locally serviced, regionally serviced? Is it, does it have to go back to the manufacturer? Um, I think those are the important things. Uh, we operate a service center. I mean, that's kind of our big thing is that's, that's what I think is important. And that's why I thought that I would be a good fit for running an equipment company because I'd been a user of equipment for so long. Um, that I feel like I have a good grip on uh, the service aspect 
of the equipment. Yeah, because you had mentioned, you know, one of the first things to ask is, well, what about the service after the sale? You know, and and I also think it comes down to, um, and maybe you can elaborate on this. There's got to be some accountability on the part of the owner too, if they expect that equipment to be serviceable, have years of good, reliable service. And so what would you say to a prospective client as to what they need to be prepared for themselves, like giving them a laundry list? These are the things you need to be prepared for if you want your investment to work as hard as you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is training. I think, um, I mean, that's something that I think most companies offer with delivery of the equipment. Um, but how serious is that? I mean, you know, how serious does, do your operators take that training? Cause that's the chance to ask all the questions. Cause the guy that's, that's using it every day. I mean, he's the one that needs to really understand, um, what's expected of him. Uh, for most of the equipment, I think it starts at cleanliness. I think it's something that's often overlooked. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, I'm just going to put it back down in the sewer. It stays dirty. Um, it's, that's a logical response, but, uh, it's not a good one for the longevity of the equipment. I mean, this, all of the, and this is across all brands, right? There's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a robot. It has lots of moving parts. It has lots of electronics, regardless of brand. Um, if you don't keep it clean, if you don't take care of it, if you don't disassemble it to some degree regularly, um, you're going to have more problems. Um, they're all meant to be submerged underwater. Um, but, you know, there's lots of things down in the sewer that are going to work their way into all the cracks and the crevices and, and eventually break down that, that barrier, right, that keeps the water out. Um, so I think those are just the important things to think about, keeping it clean, doing some basic maintenance. Do you have someone on staff that can perform basic repairs? Um, if you do, that's, I mean, that's fantastic. Most of the, I would say, reterminations, that's number one. If you can have somebody on staff that can reterminate the end of the cable, possibly that's the most common, I mean, that is the most common wear item. I mean, that's the, that's the working end, right? It's, mm -hmm. um, I think that's great. Um, but kind of back to training, you know, that termination will last a lot longer if you're using your rollers properly. Mm. If you're, a lot of people love the tiger tails, you know, <laughs> just fine. If you're making sure there's no holes, making sure that the cable's not rubbing on the, the manhole rim, not rubbing on the invert of the pipe. Um, I think those things are just, it's the, it's the little things, right? It's, it's the, can we instill in our employees some degree of a feeling of ownership um, that they should take care of this equipment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is that, that maybe there should be a checklist at the end of the day when the truck comes back in off the field that these are the things I do daily, these are the things I do weekly, these are the things I do monthly or quarterly or whatnot to keep things up and running. Um, you know, coming from the industry, I had a, a few clients that... Um, when they bring their truck in for service, it would really shock me that that truck and the equipment looked, other than just your normal wear and tear and your scratches that happen from, from being in, in, a, in a live sewer, that equipment looked as clean and as pristine as the day that it left the shop floor. 
you know, on purchase day. And then we'd have other folks, and I won't name names, who came in that actually there was one one time that our service techs opened up the back door, took a look at it and said, I'm sorry, but I am not getting in there without a hazmat suit. I mean, they went in with full on hazmat. There were things, I'm not just talking on the camera, I'm talking, there was stuff that defied description on the walls, on the countertops, on the floors, on the seats. And as an operator, I, I honestly don't know how or why they would want to work in those conditions. Yeah. And I and a lot of that, you know, I think that does come from top down. As that, you know, you as an owner, you've invested a lot in that equipment. Like you were saying, instilling that sense of ownership in the operator to be concerned about the equipment as much as the owner. Maybe there should be a bonus program for keeping yeah, right. things clean, you know? For cleaning. I think we're just going to have to change that mindset because we're going to find fewer and fewer people who are willing to work in those conditions. I mean, yes. we, we have to start treating these CCTV operators. We have to treat that position like the uh, technical job that it is. Yes. Um, it, it, it's a... It's a difficult job. It's a job that requires a great deal of training. It's, we should treat it like a professional position. Absolutely. And I think we're going to have to, um, to, to attract people to, to our industry. Right. Which is what we're going to talk about in our next segment. And you had mentioned to me, and we're going to share about this is that in order to keep this industry growing, we need new blood because inspectors are not just, oh, they stick a camera down a manhole and they take a bunch of pretty pictures. Um, they have to be almost, they have to understand hydraulics. They have to understand, you know, space, spatial and geometry in some ways. They have to know how to operate a computer. And if they're doing, you know, any type of PACP, you know, data collection, they have to understand some pretty complex software and analysis they have to yep. be mechanically inclined you know that, so they can the fix PCP. things on the fly and so you're mm -hmm. right they're not they're not just I, I don't i hate to use this word but they're not just a grunt worker a laborer these are people that are now because of the way that we need to do inspection are very highly skilled people that just yeah. not everybody can do this job and has that mix of skill set in order to do it well. And That's so we're right. going to get into that a little bit more on our next episode as we continue yeah. to visit with Nick. But, you know, I, I want to thank you for your time and sharing, you know, what your thoughts are in, in the industry and where it's going to involve. And, you know, great, great words of wisdom for those that are looking, looking to buy, you know, do that due diligence, make sure you ask those questions and really know what, what are you getting into here? You know, it may look, it may be a pretty piece of equipment, but is it going to do what you need it to do? Yep. It's all, all beautiful right? on day one. And right? You know, it's like, there's some people that are, what are they? They're just attracted to the bright, the latest and greatest bright, shiny object. And that may not be the best decision for what they need to do in the field. Yeah. And so I want to thank you for, you know, you know, being on the show with me today. And Nick and I are part of a group that's going to be on LinkedIn. What is it? The infrastructure. 
Yeah, in the infrastructure roundtable. So thrilled to be part of this group, to be invited to be part of this group. So um, lots of episodes, lots to talk about. So again, Nick, thank you for being on the show and look forward to continuing the dialogue about workers for our industry. And thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of the Due to Diva Smells Like Money podcast. And until next time, keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the Doo-Doo Diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment or trench lists, You've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting calendly.com forward slash the Tuit group forward slash B dash A dash podcast dash guest, or simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week, A big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be. You are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.